Welcome, welcome, and thanks for joining us for a late-night edition of OGP Radio. I'm your co-host, DJD. With me, as always, eGates84. Say hi to the people, baby. Um, anyway, welcome back to another edition of Own Goal Podcast. The date is March 21st, 2022. We are back. We are going to try to cram up a lot in this episode. Just a quick, quick review of what's going on in the European leagues. A little bit more in-depth talking about how the Champions League round of 16 shook out. And then a big, big focus on the U.S. men's national team and their upcoming qualifiers. But first, let's hit you with the jingle. To the bottom line. It's in, it's in our goal! It's a gift! Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. It goes straight into the bottom of the corner. Bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his car. Got no chance to clear the keeper. Astonishing position to get the play We're going to start in a place we don't normally start. But I Damn, start Donnie, there. you're just do, you're doing me bad, man. Usually, when one of us does the intro, the other person brings his back post jingle. Donnie's taking the intro and and doing the post jingle uh, bridge to the content. But wow. it's only because I want to make sure we start. Is 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 there something I need to know? Did I get written out of the podcast? <laughs> did you uh, did you conspire with the intern? R.I.P. Intern. <laughs> uh, the reason why I have. Um, I wanted to start is because I actually wanted to start with Syria today and talk about the power that is rising in Syria at the moment. And that is, of course, AC Milan, who, even if you accounted for games in hand, would still be outright top of the table. Yeah, Inter really gave me the... You know, this, this is how you know Inter are a, a true hated rival, because I staked my entire claim to prevent the curse uh, uh, affecting Milan by working, bending myself into a pretzel uh, with the game in hand argument and Inter was like, no, fuck that guy fuck him and his Milan fandom Inter clearly believe in, in the E-Gates 84 curse and they are now trying to do everything they can to, to leverage that curse this is actually how I know that as of today, the title race is actually less of a title race than it was the last time we potted and Inter are even stronger favorites now because they're trying to leverage this unbreakable curse that has been afflicting me for at least the last like eight years of my life and also afflicting me yeah it's you're you're, you're a contact curse yeah so uh, i can only hope i can only hope that the soccer gods uh, more like the soccer, soccer demons, considering how, how, how much they've cursed me, uh, will smite down, and now I'm going back to gods, will smite down Inter for trying to harness the power of this curse in a directional pathway. Yeah, uh, you know, a few episodes ago, I commented that Syria was a title race, and since I've said that, I think Inter have dropped points in five of their last seven games, maybe? That can't be right. I, I think you're making these numbers up. It might not be. It could be five of seven. It could be four of seven. But they've been dropping points, and um... but for a lot of those games, Milan also dropped points, and Milan dropped points against uh, relegation teams. Sure, but like I said, as things shake, if even if assuming Inter's game in hands a win, Milan have a three point lead. Yeah, I all know. you can ask for is your destiny to be to be in your own hands. 
honestly, I am, I'm, I'm, I, I felt better about our chances when our destiny was just outside of our own hands. I feel so, I, I, I have, I've never had confidence that that's, that's not an accurate way to describe it, but it's the best way to at least let you know close to what I'm feeling. I've never been less confident than I am right now, now that it is in our hands. So therefore, in a way, it's really not in our hands. Okay. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just going to move on. I'm not even going to try to unpack whatever the fuck statement <laughs> that was. Um, the Premier League got just even t- tighter of a two-horse race. Yeah, talk about, talk about our, our closest title race. This is, this, is, this is the closest title race. With um, Manchester City dropping points to Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace in a nil-nil draw, where Pep, of course, then, what did he blame? Was it the grass? Oh, the grass was the grass too wet or no i can't i know because that that's an, that's an f1 driver right there the the the, gra- the the track was too wet but also it was simultaneously too dry while being too hot and too cold uh but i did feel like pep pep felt like a, a, a oh yes here we go The way we played was amazing in a difficult stadium with the grass not perfect. The complaint is that the grass wasn't perfect. It wasn't he that the grass even, was he, bad. He also did. He also didn't even provide any detail on what imperfections the grass had. Right. It was just so the grass could have very well been very very good, but could just sort great. of perfect. It could have been the greatest grass they've ever played on, but just not perfect. But not perfect. You know, Pep. And Klopp do sometimes say they things. They kind of stuck as where, people. Where you're just like, fuck you. Like recently, Klopp talked about how it's ridiculous that we don't, that, that you know, the, the five substitution rule should be back in place and that, you know, the smaller clubs don't Benefit, have international. Because Burn, Burnley's not sending people to play for England. Yeah. What. Now, that's actually a very clever argument by Klopp because what he's not reminding you is that, yeah. Burnley don't send out a lot of national team players, but like Liverpool's like starting eleven and their bench are national team players, so it kind of benefits the big clubs' depth in yes. their bench, which is you know something he is just massively ignoring in all of this. Also, I haven't checked this recently, but the last time the debate was going on, games were being played, and Klopp was using like two subs a game, and and and. Klopp was complaining about not having five subs and wasn't even using all three subs every game uh, during the last time he brought this up. Like I said, I haven't been checked. I think they've been using all their subs recently, so it, it, it carries a little, a little more water. But I, his, this, over the last three years, he has not always leveraged all of his subs that he's, that he's had available in order to rest and refresh his squad. It's also it's, – it's such a bullshit, transparent argument. It, 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 he's arguing that, yes, I, I want this because it is so clearly beneficial to my team over, you know, 17 of the 20 teams. And then to add to that, he implies that he cares about his players playing for their national teams when this is not unique to Klopp. All club managers hate when their players like, – yeah. like, I mean, Fergie you convinced all of his guys to retire for their national teams really, <laughs> really early so they play for Manchester. Like, club managers hate releasing guys for their national teams. And from their perspective of what their job, I get it. But yeah, and, and like, don't, you know, don't, don't try to hide it. Just, just be upfront of what you're saying. And also, Klopp and Pep both do the thing. They both do it where if they don't get the result that they should have gotten, 
not should have as in deserve from play, as in like pregame they are the heavy favorite. Sure. If they're held by a team or if they, God forbid, lose lose to a Crystal Palace or somebody, they'll they'll, you know, always say we played unless they get actual absolutely like blasted they'll always say we played really well and uh it's just like a shame that our opponents didn't play a real game of soccer or it's it's a shame that you know you know all all they did was sit back and and hit on the counter as though that's not been a viable strategy and tactic since soccer was fucking invented yeah i i never understand how like soaking pressure and hitting a team on the counterattack isn't considered real soccer It, it it was a tactic before tiki taka was a fucking tactic um, and, yeah, and so it's 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 absolutely ri- ridiculous, and and I think Pep and Klopp do it more more than anybody does. Uh, so that that's kind of annoying. Yeah, and that was talking Premier League. Uh, moving on to La Liga, where holy shit, Bar- Barcelona mm-hmm. bitch slapped Real Madrid four zero in El Clasico. I will note that uh, Karim Benzema was not part of the squad for. Round the media, three. the media did not want to point that out. The media doesn't want you to know uh, yeah. the kind of season Benzema's having. The, the media does not want you to know that Real Madrid were m- missing their best player. Yeah, but Shabby um, um, is really doing yeah. some impressive work, man. I'm, I'm really laughing at. I think like a month ago, Kuman made a comment that Barca just didn't give him enough time to turn things around. <laughs> yeah, dude. Nobody's stock is any lo- lower than our friend Ron. Which I couldn't believe it was above rock bottom. Like I, 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 I still can't believe he failed up into getting the Netherlands job and then getting fucking Barcelona. Barcelona, it's ridiculous. Who also they just signed out. a mega money deal with Spotify? With Spotify, three hundred yeah. million. Also, <laughs> I always, I kind of like, I, I hope Manu never sells the naming rights to Old Trafford. I never want it to be like you know. Fucking Chase Bank. Uber, Uber, Uber Eats Old Trafford. Uber Eats Old Trafford or whatever have you. Um, would be pretty funny if it was OnlyFans Old Trafford. <laughs> 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 instead of, instead of uh, OnlyFans Old Trafford, it's Only Trafford. <laughs> <laughs> but it's now the Spotify New Camp, which is pretty... Uh, um. Yeah, Amazing. I mean, I get. I you gotta. You, they gotta do something to to stay financially competitive. I I do want to point out the the reaction by not just Barcelona fans, but kind of everybody following El Clasico. Uh, there's a, a meme circulating. It, it, it's a template that's been around for for a while, but they reskinned it with a, a Barcelona player uh, receiving a winner's medal. And then it's like several panels, so receives the winner's medal, then it opens up a bottle of champagne, it's like spraying and celebrating the bottle of champagne, and then it zooms out, and he's on the third place stand with the Real uh, player on the first place stand, like looking at this guy, like, I mean, you won a medal, congratulations, but in the, comp- the actual competition where awards are handed out, they are far below first place right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, and I'm sure that was that was first circulated by a bunch of sour Real fans. But it was well. It was first circulated by Florentino Perez, <laughs> who actually I believe he had he probably had that meme ready to go weeks ago. In the event that Real Madrid lost, he could start his his um his so his dark social media propaganda campaign. Um, at least it's, at least it's true though. Like, like yes. it's not. It, it might be propaganda, but it's at least not not misleading. 
Agreed. And then in the Bundesliga, Dortmund finally had a chance to maybe close the gap. On... And what happened? <laughs> and just, what happened? They just tied two games in a row. They dropped four points. It's just... Fucking joke. It is incredible. Just how, like, every time they have a chance to turn into a title race, they fucking... It's just like... It's, it's just... It's unbelievable. But that's kind of the recap there. Um... Okay, let's just dive right into the Champions League round of 16 aftermath. Yeah. Uh, so first first game that, that we want to just kind of touch on was the second leg tie of Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> Liverpool lost you one of Sometimes the typos on the uh, on, on the outline make me chuckle. Uh, Liverpool lost. To, that's my lost bad. To, <laughs> Liverpool lost to Inter one nothing at home, but still advanced due to the 2-0 lead they built at San Siro in the first leg. Uh, honestly, Inter looked really good. Inter challenged. Uh, Liverpool had some chances they couldn't couldn't convert. Uh, made this closer than it needed to be. And I, it's the one game where I'm happy to see Inter win. Or not Inter win, to see Liverpool win is when they're knocking out Inter. Yeah, I thought Liverpool... I actually thought Inter had, like, a decent chance of coming out until the Alexis Sanchez red card. Um, yeah. But, and they, you know, it, it, Anfield's a hard, even, you know, Anfield's always a hard place to get a result, so credit or Inter. Um, would have been interesting to see how the game ended. And I'm not, I'm not saying the red card was the wrong call by any means. It would have been, yeah. it, I would have loved to see the game end objectively, slash I fucking hate Liverpool, so not that objectively, uh, with 11 men on the field. <laughs> I do think I was the only neutral who was happy to see the red card come out, you know, because I'm, I'm, but I'm also a neutral in name only. <laughs> a, a Nino. A ni- yeah, a Nino. Um, so, but yeah, I think that kind of wraps that one up. Yeah. Um, oh boy. Bayern Salzburg uh, came into this one-one uh, level after Salzburg put up a, you know, uh, a. Herculean effort, or even a uh, uh, Spartans at the at the gate effort. You know the Battle of Thermopylae. At the very in, least, in, plucky. in the first leg, in the first leg. <laughs> at the very least, plucky. In in the no, in the first leg, they they it was it was I'd say well beyond plucky. Uh, we had that 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 cheeky Brendan Aronson little flick assist, and Bayern didn't level until the 90th minute. So you know. Conventional wisdom would say Salzburg don't really have a chance going to Bayern. Some of us maybe let ourselves, and by us, I really mean myself, <laughs> let ourselves start to believe a little bit that maybe they won't, but maybe, just maybe, they could pull it off. And Donnie, I was wrong. Yeah, you were just so dead wrong. <laughs> Salzburg got fucking blasted 7-1. I'm pretty sure Lewandowski had a, pe- a hat trick in 23 minutes. Two the, first two of them, the first two of them were penalties. Uh, I think the second and third. No, no, you're right. The first two were penalties. Yeah. And, like, they were penalties. Uh, uh, you know, not, 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 not claiming that it's, it's skeptical and that they weren't penalties that he converted. And does, as we've seen, it takes some skill to convert penalties so consistently. But also, at the same time, there was – we'll get to it in, I think, a, in, in a line, but – there was a different penalty that's or hat trick that's that's more worthy of the praise, which didn't seem to get as much praise. Uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. I do want to throw it out to back to back games against Bayern in the Champions League. 
our boy Britton Aronson uh, got another assist. And I and, cashed in plus 600 both times on those assists. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he was also building up some really sexy form and run of play going into the U.S. qualifiers. Uh, unfortunately, we'll not be there. We'll dive into that in, in just a, a segment after this. Yeah. Um, okay. Real Madrid and the OG money team, PSG. PSG was coming in with a 1-0 lead, as we talked about last episode. Mbappe stole the soul of two Real defenders and just absolutely took over the game in the first leg. And second leg seemed no different. He scored in the first half and going into halftime. It kind of felt that the, the tie was, was, was all but a formality at that point. Enter Kareem Benzema. I have gotten on my soapbox four years on this podcast talking about this guy my guy, Mercedes-Benz himself, and what does he do? Delivers a fucking hat-trick comeback down 2-0 and a half, all from open play, mind you. Against PSG. Against PSG to knock them out of the Champions League. Another Champions League heartbreak, Champions League choke for PSG. Wow. Benzema, that was an incredible performance by Kareem Benzema. Some of the mistakes, though, that PSG made were atrocious. So I, I've, I've got a, you know, we can talk more about the game, but I, I've got a question. And maybe this equates to, like, some of the stupid arguments that you'll hear about, like, U.S. college athletics, about, like, certain teams. You know, Gonzaga can't win the title because they spend all their time playing and in a conference that just doesn't give them the competition they need to really test and prove their mettle. And I, I believe Gonzaga will, if not this year, in a, a, a year soon to come, will win a national title. I don't think college basketball works Dude, this way. Why the fuck would you say that when you know I spent $500 <laughs> on them? You? I have no idea. Why, why would I do that? You why fucking piece of shit. Arizona could still make it to the championship and they, I fucking hate you. You're such a piece of shit. You're such a piece of shit. On record, uh, make sure you don't cut that out. So, I, I do feel like, I'm starting to, you know, it is hard to say there's a more talented roster in the Champions League. I'd give you, I'd, you know, it, you'd be, nobody would say that they're outside the top four most talented and you could you could faithfully, in good faith, argue they are the most talented. You could argue City, Liverpool, or Bayern. That's fair. But it's one of those four. Yep. But those three teams I named and, uh, you know, teams like Real and a few other teams play cons- – even even teams, you know, in their leagues that can't sniff the wage bill and the transfer budget they have, they play good, solid teams that – you know, on on a good day, could take points off of them, and and you know you have to take seriously to to the, even you know when you're going to Burnley, you've got to you've got to prep specifically for Burnley. You can't just trot out and do your thing and always expect it to go your way. Or when you got to play in La Liga, when you got to play Celta Vigo, and you're one of the big yeah. teams, you know that those guys always relish the occasion against yeah. the big clubs. Exactly, exactly. Um, and and I, I, it's starting to feel to me like. It doesn't really matter how talented, how stacked and loaded this uh, PSG team is. I'm starting to think, you know, they don't they don't get nearly enough reps against teams that can pose legitimate challenges to them. 
week in and week out. Basically, they you know they they'll because they'll, 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 they're so so highly ranked in the coefficient bullshit in their group in the Champions League, they'll get they'll get one other contender most of the time, and and then you know a, a couple softer teams that can't really hang with them, and then and then they get you know as far as they get in the knockout rounds, which not very far this year. Those are all the games they get against against truly competitive teams, and maybe you know the two games they play against the the few top teams that that managed to put a run like Lille last year, but Lille sucks this year, and, and kind of the rest of the Uber Eats league sucks. Yeah, and um, so they, I, I just I think you need to you need to play harder, stronger competition more consistently to be able to go through a such a high stakes competition like the Champions League with you know without ever having that off day that that torpedoes you. Yeah. Um I will point out that um they PSG did recently lose to Monaco 3-0 and former OGP Hawkeye the week Kevin Vollen got a goal so happy for him. But even with losing two of their last three games, they're still 12 points ahead in the table. And it's I think you're totally spot on with that assessment. And so Okay, but in an American college, you know, they can schedule harder out of conference games. Yes. So what can a European League Two League do, a European team do? And I actually think that PSG's owners should work with League One. This is gonna sound kind of interesting, but to profit share a little bit to make yeah. the entire league better. Now, obviously it makes it a little bit harder for it would it would make it harder for PSG to auto win League One every year, but I do think that if the if they could raise the uh, level and skill of the other teams, just like you're saying, I do think they're better prepped for the Champions League. Yeah. The reason why teams from Spain and England usually win the Champions League is because they're playing good. E- even the mediocre teams and the not so good teams in Spain and England are really hard to play against, especially away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you're so right. I think also, though, I would like to mention that what was that the first goal uh, for Real? Yes, Donnarumma. <laughs> Gooby, what the fuck were you doing? I am so happy with Mike Mignon. Oh that's yeah, all Big, that's, that's, that's all I have to say about that. Big Mike is great. Um, Man City, I think. Who did they play? Was it Sporting? Uh, yeah, it was Sporting. It was zero zero game that Man City dominated. They won the first leg five zero, so that was kind of over. Not much to talk about there. Benfica in a defensive clinic knocked Ooh, out man. the mighty Ajax of 3-2 on aggregate after a 2-2 first leg. Ajax just could not finish. Um, they had so many opportunities. They had a golden chance in stoppage time. I the know. Second. They could not knock through. That game was that game was, was legit. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Chelsea Lille was interesting. Chelsea had a 2-0 lead going into the into the, the home game for Lille. Lille get the first goal of the game, making it a, a competition. Uh, and then Chelsea, well, somebody, somebody who, you know, never performs consistently. He's always a letdown. He, he's never the guy you want. You, you really want to have the ball. You think I'm describing Timo Werner, but I'm actually using kind of Chelsea English fan base's descriptions of Christian Pulisic. Uh, fielded a beautiful pass from Jorginho and had a clinical finish in the, the lower, you know, lower corner of the net to restore Chelsea's strength in the tie. Yeah, and with that goal, um, Pulisic has now scored more Champions League goals for Chelsea than Eden Hazard in about 17 less games. So, Yeah, baby. And Eric, 
full props to you for this call because you called it that Juve were going to stumble to Villarreal and boy did they ever losing 3-0 in the second leg to lose 4-1 on aggregate. And it was it was a zero zero game. So yeah, it was one one at, uh, after the first leg, and through halftime it was zero zero. Yep, first goal didn't come until the seventy eighth minute. And that that first goal in the seventy eighth minute, you know, the wheels just came off. It, it, and this is not shocking at all. You know, Allegri ball was great for dominating Serie A for how long it did when Allegri was at even just before he left and came back. But it was always predicated on. Get the first goal and then absolutely play no soccer the rest of the game and prevent your opponent from playing any soccer for the rest of the game. So when you're tied in a knockout competition and go down one nothing, you don't have the system in place to only have 10 minutes to get an equalizer. And Juve threw everything they could, which honestly, they waited till they were losing to bring on Paolo Dybala. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting when he leaves Juve on a free this summer. Yeah, well, so they they offered him like an uh, an eight mil plus two mil bon- like bonuses uh, in October, and he wanted to accept it, and then they pulled the offer from him, and they have announced today that they're not going to make uh and, and they they made a, a a new offer for like a couple mil less than that, and he said no, no, I want the original offer, and they said that they're not going to make they're not going to change their stance, so he's officially walking. Dybala is a good enough player, in my opinion, to start on a Champions League contending team. I, I, I don't understand. We were texting about this in, in, in our little group text. And what's weird is it's not just Allegri. Like, the last several managers have... Treated him like an ugly stepchild. Refused to embrace Dybala as the most dangerous, creative player that they have. Even when Ronaldo was there, he was there at a time where he was, I'd say, a much more effective finisher than the truly creative dynamo he was in his earlier years. Yep. And, like, you can't play Dybala and, and Cristiano Ronaldo together. That's bullshit. Use Dybala to create and Ronaldo to finish. I'm glad that they didn't. I mean, it didn't really matter because they won They won all those leagues yeah. anyways, but they never won the Champions League. People forget that uh, Benzema and Ronaldo, you think that maybe, oh, those two guys can't play together. They play the same position. Well, they played together and won, like, four Champions League. So, yeah, you, in a row. you can make it work. Um, okay, that's all we have to talk about. <laughs> yes, I guess there is one more game to talk about. <clears throat> Eric Gates, and I quote you, oh, United should have no problem with Atletico Madrid. In fact, you said, quote, United should easily beat Atletico Madrid. Well, after the first leg where they were lucky to escape with a 1-1 tie, Manchester United actually played... Really, really well. So well in the first half. In the first half. It, it's just that, you know, um, All Black has been really, really bad all season. and Not just bad for, not just bad for like for him. He's been really bad like, all season. Like, historically, he is having a terrible season. Yeah. Except for that second leg at Old Trafford where he had a really good game. I it got nervous. Sucks. I got nervous at halftime. I got nervous after the third cha- third really, really good scoring chance we had in the first 20 minutes didn't go in. I just knew it was going to be one of those games where you're... You know, it's one of the games where Klopp and Pep would complain about and say, oh, the other team didn't play soccer. Where The grass was imperfect. Right. Uh, not at all, Trapper. It's pristine. 
Um, <laughs> no, that, 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 I mean, I don't believe I don't believe Pep when he said that the uh, Crystal Palace grass is perfect. Like, no, like, I believe the, him that the grass wasn't perfect. But but he also nobody said that he was basically trying to say that the grass was was not level, not not equal to the level we needed to be. I, that's bullshit. The amount of money that goes in, in that goes into these. these also, it's insulting to the groundskeeper at Crystal Palace. Yes. That guy's job. He keeps that grass according to what the club wants him to do. It's insulting to that man's job. Honestly, if I'm a, if I'm a club going up against Pep soon, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a a, a heavy hitter at top of the league, I want I'm like, hey, let's make it mud, <laughs> make it mud. Be like, hey, if Pep complains about about the quality of the grass, you get a you get a little bonus. Enter my swamp, Baldy. Dude, I I I, I, I fucking do it. Um, but you know, you gotta give a lot of, it's like, obviously I was pretty upset. I, I did not think Manny was going to be Atletico. I said that when the tie was announced, I didn't like the matchup. It was a tough physical team against a very soft Manny team who also were missing a couple of key guys still with injuries. Harry Maguire is still fucking awful. That's another, that, 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 that's not really the point here. That's a whole other can of worms. We'll tackle that later. <laughs> um... But you know, say people can say what they want about Diego Simeone, he gets results for Atletico Madrid, and yeah, I mean that like that's that's the same thing you could say about about Voldemort, right? You know, he he got results. No, he didn't. Voldemort couldn't even take over a fucking school. <laughs> Simeone fucking taking this Atletico Madrid team to the Champions League, and they only lost against a juggernaut in Real. I, I, I'm, I'm, what I'm really saying is he's a master of the dark arts, Diego Simeone. And I absolutely I hate it, and I and I I can't cheer for him. And I and this is this is this is the nail in the United coffin. I truly believed that United could and would win, even after the first leg. I was like, you know what, you guys got outplayed in the first leg, but you came out of there with a one-one, you know, equal level playing field. No, you know, I I truly believed it, and I, I do have to say one thing as as. Miserable as outcome was for you, the I was really impressed uh, by the fans at Old Trafford in the first half. The atmosphere was electric. Yeah, they they did a really good job. Um, now, if they could stop like harassing Rashford and some of their other players, that'd be nice. But I know that's yeah. not a majority of the fan base. Yeah, um, that's obviously a bummer. You don't want to see that. And you know, I'll say this. You know, you say you, you don't cheer for a guy like Simeone now that the tie's over and stuff. I cheer for a guy like Simeone because to me, to me, the game is only as interesting as who the heels are. And he is a great he's, heel. He's a phenomenal heel. So, that was he pretty That is a very good point. He is a phenomenal heel. You know, I, I think the team I want to win the Champions League is probably Benfica or Villarreal at this point. Benfica, I agree. They have such a history in this competition before it was called the Champions League when it was the old European Cup that I think, like when they had Eusebio, I think they have, there's so much history there that a lot of the modern soccer fans maybe don't appreciate as much. So I'd love for them to make a deep run so the media has to talk about that history and that would be yeah. awesome. As you know, I always love the history of the game. Um, yeah, probably Villarreal second. And I'm going to be honest, it's going to definitely be Atletico Madrid third. Yeah, I hate. My the sad thing is, there's not a there's a decent chance that 
Liverpool or Man City will win both the Premier League and the Champions League. Or one, one, and the other, the other. And there's this one thing that I'm so scared to even speak into existence, but I just, I guess the nature of this podcast is that I have to say it. You worried about the quad? No, I don't care about the quad. I'm so scared that both teams are in contention for a treble. And now that I've said it, it may come true <sighs> because usually the things that I say happen. <laughs> yeah, and I can only see, yeah, and I, I'm not going to comment on it because I don't want my, I'm not I don't want to apply my curse to it in any way. But whatever you're thinking has already fucked me. No, 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 that's that is not true. It's really the things that I voice. All right. So we're going to leave club soccer behind now. Um we will preview I, I, it, it. I'm not ready. I, I, Real quick, preface everybody. You all thought that I'd been very. I'm, I'm a very negative, pessimistic person. I'm sure. We've gone nowhere near the level of downward spiral that I think, Donnie. I was texting you about my downward spiral shortly after our last window closed. Yeah. And between now and then, the news has only gotten so much worse. So we will. Um... Before we get to that, we will preview the quarterfinal matchups in our oh, next episode sorry. in a couple of weeks. Um, but now it's time to get really, really, really uncomfortable. Probably as uncomfortable as you felt with my late night radio voice. <laughs> so I, I jumped the gun. Um, I was clearly talking about my mental state about the U.S. men's national team. As Donnie mentioned, we've left the club, club world behind. And... We're recording this on Monday. You'll be listening to this on Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday of this week is U.S. men's national team traveling to Estadio Azteca to take on the Mexican national team. We'll be watching that game together. We will be. OGP reunion. Um, But yeah, Thursday we're playing at Mexico. Sunday we'll be playing at home against Panama. And Wednesday the 30th at Costa Rica. And just to kind of give everyone a recap of where things stand, Canada is in first place with 25 points. That's pretty comfortably locked up. The USA is in second place on 21. Mexico is in in third place on 21. Panama is in fourth place on 17. Costa Rica is in fifth place on 16 points. Now, the top three spots will automatically qualify for the 2022 World Cup where the fourth spot will go play in the uh, playoff. The, inter- the intercontinental playoff, I think, with Oceania. Oceania, yeah. So, that's where we stand. We have a four-point lead on fourth going into this, and we get to play. It's like a it's a double-edged sword, right? Because at Mexico and at Costa Rica isn't good for us, but it's like, well, the destiny's in your own hands. You get to play all four teams ahead of you, so you control your own fate. All, all three teams, teams, teams under you. Excuse me, under you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, 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 it could be worse. Um, and also it is worse. So we just laid, <laughs> Donnie just laid out basically where things stood the day after the last game of the last window. And between then and now, you could say our luck has been pretty fucked. We have had significant injuries, you know, to, let's see here, Weston McKinney. Done for the season. Serginho Dest. Out for months, potentially done for the season. 
Hamstrings are pretty tough to come back from too quickly. Yeah, Brendan, the Brendan Aronson uh, injured literally yesterday and is now out for two to four weeks. And Matt Turner, which is less terrifying than it was a week ago when we didn't know if we were going to have Stefan back. But let's really focus on... <laughs> Say what you want about Sergio Dest in terms of his defensive capabilities. He's one of the he's one of the most creative outlets that we have, and he's also at the club level really improved his defensive uh, responsibilities recently. Kind of in a good run of form, had had recently won over his manager Shabby. Shabby. Yeah, tough manager to win over. And oh, the other two names that we mentioned of outfield players is that Weston McKinney and Brendan Aronson, two of the three best players that we've had uh, this entire qualifying cycle. And, you know, it's the two of them plus Anthony Robinson have been easily our three best players, most consistent, reliable. I think McKinney, hot take. I think, I think, okay. McKinney, I think is the most important player to our, our, our current squad pool. Absolutely. The most important player. I would totally hundred percent agree. We lose so much grit, like bite and he's our he's our toughest player and 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 it factor like we we lose that. Uh, Brendan Aronson is the only player that's played in every single game. I, I, I am I'm worried. No, 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 Eric. If you went to the bathroom right now and you went and you started to pee and it burned a little bit, then you should be worried. You should be fucking terrified. So, some historicals for everybody. Donnie mentioned our first and third game are away to Mexico and Costa Rica. In the history of CONCACAF World Cup qualifying, we have never won at Mexico, and we've only ever drawn once at Mexico. We have never won or drawn at Costa Rica. This means in the history of World Cup qualifying, these two road games, we have only ever gotten a combined one total point out of a much larger number. Here's the good news. Here's the sliver of fucking hope. We, while we might play Mexico for the first game, the first you know, match day of this window, Costa Rica play Canada. Canada need one point to confirm World Cup qualification. So if Canada at least draw Costa Rica, we only need one win and one Panama loss to secure third place. That is true. Our, our middle game is home to Panama. I am not by any means calling this a, like a guarantee or even that I feel good about it, considering we've already lost to Panama in this World Cup qualifying cycle with a much healthier team than we have now. But what I am saying is you could assume with reason that you will lose to Mexico and Costa Rica. I don't want I don't want to just I don't want to set up for that, but you can, you can make that assumption and we can still be okay. Now, Costa Rica's been playing the best they've been playing all cycle recently. So, it's not outside the realm of possibility they fucking beat Canada. And then we are really in trouble. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's an uphill battle, but 
I, I am also a believer in the expression there is a first time in ev- for everything. So it's like Jurgen Klopp choked in cup finals yeah. until he yep. didn't. Absolutely. You know, so it, it's kind of like this is a situation that's dealt to us with results like like tying Jamaica, like losing to yeah. Panama. So this is the hand we've been dealt and we still have a chance to auto-qualify, but it's not going to be easy. So it's time that this coach, LOL, and these players, more importantly, show their mental fortitude. And that's what I think I'm really looking for in this because you're right. They, the, the players know we have never gone into Azteca and gotten a win. We've gotten one point ever in World Cup qualifying. They know we've never gotten anything at Costa Rica. But, you know, it's up to them to rise to the moment because if they can't rise to the moment now, they why am I going to believe – why am I going to believe they're going to do anything in November? Why am I going to believe these guys are going to do anything in four years in 2026? You know, I, I, I think you're completely right. Um, that that point of view doesn't make me any less worried going into the games. As it shouldn't. It doesn't make me any less worried. Yes. I, and, 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 I'm, and I want to make it clear, I am not saying, nor have I ever said, that it is impossible for us to get these results. The results are there. This is... This is a Mexico team that has shown they, A, have had a recent kryptonite to the U.S. Soccer, men's soccer team, and they just haven't been as good lately. You know, that, so that, that, that is, you know, Tata is, his seat is so hot, it is already combusting. And yeah. this is, this is the, the weakest Costa Rica team that we've just, you know, holistically seen since 2016, you know, 2006, 2002. Yeah. Maybe even before then. So it's it's these are not infallible opponents by any means. And you're right. You know, past performance is not an indicator of future uh, results. But man, when I look at those stats and I see no number eight, they are haunting. No, no Brendan Aronson, no Serginio Dest, and you know it's like oh no, no Serginio Dest, that sucks. But you know what? That's going to pave the way for Joe Scally to really come in here and show everybody that he is a really talented, incredibly high currently performing player at a natural position of right back. You would think that that's what a good manager would call up Scally. No, you wouldn't think. You would know. There is just no like you would know it to be true in your heart. Search your feelings, young Padawan. But instead, Greg Berhalter chose to call up a left back in George Bello. Holy shit. Who, by the way, there are some... I I get into these little spats with some Atlanta United fans who believe he should start over Anthony Robinson. <laughs> Which is just like, what the you fuck? Can't, you can't reason with crazy. Um, not only that, but while we're talking about defenders in general, let's talk about two other guys who didn't get call-ups. So, I have a feeling we have strong opinions on both that differ from the current squad selection. We should give them. We should. We should speak their name. Yes. Yeah, so first, we are we're talking about Cameron Carter Vickers and and Job Brooks. You know, one of the very few uh, players in the in the current active international U.S. men's pool with World Cup experience. The only one with a World Cup goal. Great goal. And um, well, I want to. I think we should start with Cameron Carter Vickers. Cameron Carter Vickers, by all claim, is considered, I'd say about 7 out of 10 people who heavily follow the Scottish Premier League would say he's been the best center back in the league, and the other three would say he is a top three center back in the league. And so I haven't checked the uh, 
like the official, you know, ratings and stuff from the last like month and a half. But I checked, you know, 45 days ago. And at the time he was the top rated center back in, in the league. So it's possible that he slipped. It's possible that he's even perform- outperformed from that. So he, yeah, he's he's safe at least a top three center back in that entire league. Which yeah, it may not be one of the most you know competitive leagues in Europe, but that is a tough fucking competition. That is a taxing physical competition. To be able to put up consistent results uh, as as a center back in that competition is incredibly impressive. Um, so he was left off, but we did call in James Sands who is recently got loaned out, I believe, to Rangers yes. and has made, I think, a collection of substitute appearances but has not really cemented himself as a starter and definitely not cemented himself as the, one of the top players in his position in the entire league. Yes, 100% correct. How, how I don't understand how CCV just doesn't have that roster spot right there. I, the math doesn't work for me. It, the only explanation, truthfully, and it's a shitty, is that him and Greg Burkhalter just don't Greg, have a connection. Greg, Greg, well, Greg likes his guys, and Greg hates the guys that aren't his guys. Yeah. He is a it's, he is like, you know those teachers you always hated in school who were like the biggest about playing favorites? That Greg Burkhalter is that teacher. He, and, he likes, you know, I, there's a reason why... The MLS started a month ago. Why is Christian Roldan getting a fucking call up? Why is Paul Ariola getting? Why, why are like half a lot of these guys getting call ups when yeah, they're, like, they're literally just now getting fitness back? So that leads us to I think the next player, Brooksy. Tough start to the season this season. Absolutely had had some bad performances for the U.S. as well as club. Last couple of months has totally done a 180. As early as January, he had gotten his starting spot back for Wolfsburg and was starting to be uh, every now and then listed in the Bundesliga uh, team of the week. And was left off the January uh, roster and had conversations with Greg about like you know what why he was left off and he accepted it and he's like I'm I'm going to earn my spot back and then he was left off like fucking again. Because Greg said that now is not the time. He, he mentioned Greg mentioned poor club form, and now is not the time to uh, work on things in in the camp. Um, what doesn't even make any fucking sense? That's the whole point of the camp. If we want to talk about poor club form, Miles Robinson has been a fucking liability for um, Atlanta United. I think he just conceded a, a, a penalty. Like he very shittily. I think he got nutmegged, uh, ran out of bounds, ran back inbounds, and, and, and tackled a guy inside the, the penalty area just this last weekend for Atlanta United. Well, if we want to talk – also, Aaron Long is just getting back basically I, I, from a, a big knee injury. And then on top of that, if you want to talk about not working a guy into the – a new guy into the camp who hasn't been part of the roster, why is Eric, Eric Palmer Brown who has made – nothing against him, by the way, but just against Greg's logic. He's made two – U.S. men's national team appearances, but we can work him into the roster. No, I, it doesn't I, make any I, fucking sense. It's a great point, too. And it, it, it's, it's nothing against Eric Palmer Brown. Nothing But else. you have to assume the reason CCB and Scally aren't called up is Greg's like, now isn't the time to work new people into the system. So what in the whole... I'm going to stop saying things that are going to offend people. I, I am beside myself. 
I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally with you. But I will say this. One thing that came out of this is I had a lot of respect for John Brooks' statement afterwards yes. talking about wanting to fight for his Amer- American identity and the importance of that to him. That's a guy who has, I think, handled all of this year, all of his – obviously doesn't have a great relationship with Greg Berhalter, but I think he's handled it with far more class and dignity than I ever would in his shoes. Oh, oh absolutely. You know, I, I would have like – I'd, I'd be spamming Greg and U.S. Soccer with just gifts of my World Cup game-winning goal uh, on repeat, <laughs> and then I would I would I would uh, and I would follow I would reply to that with some of these other defenders getting absolutely owned and worked in their in their respective leagues. But now, now that we have spent some time kind of talking about the negatives, I think there are a couple of positives about. Squad selection. I like that Ethan Horvath is back into the into the. Play. I am so happy for you. Ethan. Love you love Ethan. You really love uh, Ethan. We we've both been been pretty positive since he was playing for Mold. Yeah. Uh, under a certain manager, I believe. No, under an unemployed guy named Olay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, was he teammates with Erling? That's a great question. Huh? He's gonna go to Man City, by the way. I said this. I said I've literally said for. Six months. His dad played for Man City. Why would he not go? Dude, you've been saying it for like three years. Thank you. Why, why would he not go to the team where his dad played for? He's going to go. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just saying it now again. I'm just reminding people. That's where he's going to go. It's going to be just, just what the Pep team needed is a guy who scored 30 fucking goals a season. I, honestly, Pep probably tried to play in that like center defensive mid. Uh, Pep thinks Pep thinks that the only pure position in soccer is center defensive mid. Well, Pep, Pep, Pep's going to get – Pep's going to bench Erling – because he shoots too much. And he's like, we lose the ball when you shoot early. The grass, this grass is not perfect enough for shooting. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, Pep, I just scored like seven goals in the game. Anyway, like, we digress. Seven, we digress. That, and in Pep's mind, that's seven turnovers. <laughs> so back back to, to Ethan, though. Um, yeah, I, I have been a big Ethan Horvath fan for a while. And I feel like his club situation has just never worked out all that well. Uh, which is maybe pretty sad. Like he moved to Club Bruges, had some great performances, and then they brought in Simon Mignolet because they were able to get him for cheap when he got kind of ousted out of Liverpool. And like, yeah, this guy's got like 200 Premier League appearances. I I, I, I get it. And when when Mignolet had COVID or had concussion issues, her, Ethan always played well for Bruges uh, with with very little heads up notice. So he's moved over to Nottingham Forest in the Championship. And has been playing second fiddle to uh, their their keeper until their keeper got hurt recently, and Ethan was thrust into the starting job. Now both keepers are healthy and available, and Ethan is getting the, the the first team gloves, and that makes me thrilled. We've already seen what he can do coming in cold uh, in in game in important competitive games for the U.S. Eric is, of course, referring to the UEFA Nation League's final against Mexico when he had to come in for an injured Zach Steppen. And I'm not necessarily saying the UEFA Nations League is important, but a competitive game against Mexico is. Yeah, that trophy sure as shit does not look important. <laughs> it was literally 3D printed and they forgot to paint it. A <laughs> um, couple of other um, guys I would like well, to... Oh, Zach, Zach Steppen, well, just 
I, I, I don't know if you were going to move on to defenders, but before we do, I don't care about Sean Johnson being in there. If, if he is considered a, for the starting job, I am probably going to break something. Uh, Please don't break something on Thursday when you're watching in my house. I'll go to my car and break something. Uh, but Zach stepping back from injury is is, is huge. Yeah. You know, I, I might want. I think I'm leaning go Ethan just because of he's had more more. He's been playing a little bit more recently than Zach, who's been hurt and, and everything. But I will have no issue with either one of those two going between the pipes. Yeah, I have no issue with either. I leaned towards Stefan just because we kind of got burned on not having a goalie who's a little bit more adequate with their feet this, with the turn yes. of Canada goal, yeah. which is in mind. But um, anyway, I think either way, if one of those two guys starts, I don't think we're going to lose – games because of those guys because of those two yes um it is cool that eric palmer brown is getting a call up i don't think it should come in front of ccv or john brooks but you know this is a guy who's playing or joe scally i know they're not in the same position but like sure if you've got room for this guy then you had room for either of those three yeah yeah and that to me is wild that's wild um John Luca Busio. Good to have him back. Fold. That's good to have back. Um, and I would also add that uh, Gio Reyna has been out a long time with injury, so him being called up is great again. And Jordan Pifok, our most prolific goal sc- club scoring striker. And um, not even close. Yeah, um, he's he's being called up. So those are some positives. Yeah, a uh, few things that I guess I'd, I'd like to point out uh, on top of that is – it's good to have DeAndre Yedlin in the camp. He's he's been in the he's been a mainstay in the camp. But oh, he's also played in the World Cup too. But with with John Brooks not being called in, he is our our guy with, ex, with the World Cup experience. Yes. And for a coach who has no World Cup qualifying experience to be able to pull in guys like Eric Palmer Brown and and feel like he can leave home. Uh, Somebody who can at least be a leader. You can, you can, you can. I guarantee you, if Greg told uh, Brooksy, "Hey, like you're you're invited to camp right now. You are fourth out of four center backs. So unless you absolutely like kill the three training sessions that we have, you're not going to be playing. You're not going to be starting in Mexico. I guarantee you, Brooks would be like, "Get me a ticket. I'm there." Yeah. Judging by the way that he that he that he responded to you know the roster omission and everything, I guarantee you he'd been like, "I'm there. Let me do my part. I've got some experience and wisdom that I can at least share with this team." Yeah, I mean, and so so, but I so I am glad that I am glad that at least Yedlin is there. I agree. I'm really glad Yedlin's there. Um, and then you know he there's his usual favorites that nobody understands. I have just not – I'm not saying there isn't a good soccer player there, but, like, I have just not yet to see James Sands play for the U.S. national team and be, be like, that's a guy I want on the team. That's just – I know that that's that – just – do you remember that game when he fell, like, 12 times? Yes. yes. He had – I think he, he had more falls than he had forward passes. That's tough. That was the, that was the infamous five-center back game. Obviously, Paul Ariola there – is yeah, I'm guessing Sebastian Legette has to be hurt to not get called up. 
Yeah, I. <laughs> I don't know if he is. I don't care because we know he couldn't be omitted. No, no yeah. chance. Um, I was I was relieved to see Zardes not not called in. Zardes, who has been uh, relegated to a bench player for Columbus Crew. I actually, if if Jesus Ferreira is the guy who comes in over Zardes, I'm okay with that. I think Jesus Ferreira brings more to the table than Zardes does. I, I completely agree. Um, I I don't I don't think Jesus Ferreira should see a lot of playing time. I also completely agree with that statement. I think P. Folk needs to be the starter. Yep. And Pepe needs to be his immediate sub. Yep, and if one of those guys in the pecking order, like let's say, Pe- God forbid, Pepe has some issue and he can't be the immediate sub, I would have Jordan Morris come in off the bench over um, Jesus Ferreira. I might lean Jesus Ferreira over J-Mo. I haven't seen the production from J-Mo since his injury. And he just he did just bag a hat trick. So like, but I I also at that point I'm not gonna pull hairs because let's be honest, Greg will fuck up a lot of first team and second team calls. So I'm not gonna worry about the third option. <laughs> the third option. Um, so I think I would like to you know we've we've kind of discussed a little bit, but I would like to hear your starting eleven that you would feel based off of this roster, this this called up to camp roster. All right, hold on. I gotta get a piece of paper and a pen if we're gonna do this. I can't do it in my head. All right, no worries. If you want, I can go first. Yeah, why don't you go first while I search for a pen in my own house? <laughs> we live in a, a electronic world now. There is no such thing as pen and paper. So, in my ideal scenario, this which, this which means this will never happen, I would want to run a four-two-three-one. That being said, I think you could run the 11 that I'm going to call out in a, in Greg's, you know, lover four, three, three, but I would go up top with, as my striker with, with P folk hands mm-hmm. down and then wide left Gio Reyna wide, right Timothy Weah, And then my like center attacking mid, my player in the hole. I want Christian Pulisic. Let him pull the strings, get as, as involved as he possibly can. And then my two double pivots are going to be Tyler Adams, Eunice Musa. And then our back four is Jedi. I've got a big fat question mark that I want to talk with you about at left center back. Mm. Right center back, Walker Zimmerman. And right back, Reggie Cannon. Like it. With, with Horvath and, and Nett. I've got major, major concerns at left center back right now. Miles Miles Robinson, I mentioned this before, has been a fucking liability in the few games that he's been able to play for Atlanta, or Atlanta because the season just started. He also wasn't looking super sharp in his last couple appearances for us. It was Walker that was really holding, holding the fort down. Aaron Long, just coming back from massive knee injury. I don't know if I need to say any more than that, right? <laughs> like a significant knee injury that like wiped what a year of his like <laughs> wiped a season off for him. Yeah, and it's it's really unfortunate because. 
right before that, so he much. was playing so well. He was getting interest from Aston Villa, Westham, quite Some a German lot of Premier League teams yeah. were getting him yeah. interest. So I, I like, and also Mexico's a fast team. I don't know how I how I feel about an untested, recently reconstructed knee. I almost it it, it it really does suck that we don't have I, I almost want to do this, Donnie. I almost want to put uh Reggie Cannon at center back and DeAndre Yedlin at fullback. Reggie Cannon has played center back of a back three for his last twelve club he, starts, he which was, he's he been was, starting a lot. He was he was banished to like this guy is no longer part of the project. In the last three months, I think he started all but two games. And then and then he's pivoted to a, a like right center back of a back three and has absolutely turned it on. So I would I actually think I want to move Zimmerman to left center back, Reggie Cannon at right center back, and DeAndre Yellen at right back. I like that. Okay, are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm not looking at your face. I'm not ready, but let's fucking go. This is what it looks like, so you can kind of get the shape of it. I have, as my back three, Aaron Long as left center back, Walker Zimmerman as center center back, and Reggie Cannon as right center back. Then above them, kind of spread out in a trio, I have Anthony Robinson, Tyler Adams, DeAndre Yedlin. Then above them in a trio, I have Musa kind of left-sided mid, because he does play a lot of left wing for Valencia. Yeah. I have Pulisic in the hole. I have Gio on the right. And then I have Pifok in front. I like this formation because... I don't hate it. It soaks a lot. It gives you a lot of numbers in midfield. And with yeah. Kenny out, I think we need a lot of help in midfield. And actually, hold on. I'm making one change. One change. Way up for Reyna? No. Reyna's staying out there. Kellen is going to come on for DeAndre Yedlin. And here's mm. why. Him operating at the right center back, at the right wing back spot, he also has, you know, now he plays so much midfield that he has that midfield experience. But if this formation isn't working, we can easily shift with Robinson from the four, Robinson Long, Zim Cannon, become the back four. Adams and Acosta are your holding midfielders. And then, you know, you, then you have above them and however they want to align Musa Pulisic, Geo Pifak. But this gives you the tactical flexibility to in-game shift to a 4-2-3-1. I mean, that's adorable that you think Greg would ever call for an in-game tactical shift. He well, doesn't said, do that at halftime. But you said it was my formation. Uh, that's a good point. And it's, uh, my ta- and it's my tactical shift. Also, yeah, my my argument is also nil. Be- like, like, you can throw that in my face because it's there's no way that this is the lineup that Greg rolls out. No, 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 actually, can we do that one? Can we, between the two of us, come up with yes. Greg's lineup? Okay, we're gonna go. Start, we're gonna go with the striker last. I think we start with keeper and we work our way up. Okay. I feel like he starts Stefan. I think he starts Stefan as well. Okay. And honestly, I bet you his second goalie is fucking uh, Sean Johnson. Sean Johnson. I would. I would put money on his second goalie being Sean Johnson. Um. Okay. Left okay. back. Left. It's gotta be Jedi. It's gotta be Jedi. Left center back's gonna be Miles. It's gonna, yeah, Miles, then it's going to be Zim. Yep. Then I think it's going to be Yedlin instead of Reggie Cannon. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Like, like, I, the one thing that would be shocking is if it was Bellow. 
because he was omitted from his own roster. Like Bello, right, right, right. Bello was picked behind Yedlin and uh, Reggie Cannon. Reggie Cannon. So there's no way it could be Bello. Also, Reggie Cannon just has to become like a namesay for the U.S. men's national team because it's such a cool name. It's incredible. It's such a great. Also, like imagine him ripping a volley from thirty yards out. The cannon. Anyway. Okay, so next we have the three in the mid, right? Because we know Greg is going to run his 4-3-3. Yeah, I think Adams will for sure be one. I would... Okay, counter. Counter. I don't think Adams is a given. Because of the yellow card? Because Greg is a big guy about the whole three games, we got to have squad rotation. We can't... You can, These guys are 80 years old. They cannot play three so games. So you think he starts Acosta in this, in, against Mexico? I actually think Greg sits... Uh, Tyler, so we didn't go through this before, but uh, several U.S. players are one yellow card away from missing the next match. And somehow, despite not being called up in a couple of watch windows, P-Funk is one of those players, yes. which I don't fucking understand. I don't get it. Uh, P-Funk's one of them, Reina's one of them, and Tim Weah. Not Reina, sorry. Adams is one of them, and Weah is one of them. Yeah, that's just... Stefan is also one of them, which I do. I also find funny, because he's the goalie. Uh, but here we are. This is our life. So I, I think Greg sees obviously the we could all agree the Panama game is a must win. Yeah. And then I think he sees the Costa Rica game is more important to take points off of Costa Rica because Mexico's already got a off you know as the the table stands today Mexico's in a qualifying spot and Costa Rica's trying to come up into one. So it's more important to stop Costa Rica from getting points than Mexico getting points. He probably also sees Costa Rica as a as a, a team that we can play better against than Mexico. So I think he's going to set us up to not lose against Mexico and to protect Tyler Adams from getting a yellow by not playing him. Which I think if he does that, I would put money. I won't, but I would put money on US to lose that game if we don't have Tyler Adams on the pitch. Yeah. So Acosta then starts for sure. But, you, I mean, do you, do you still feel he'll go at Tyler Adams? No, I think you're making a good point. Okay. Is he going to start Musa with Acosta? Is he going to start Roldan? No. He could. But, okay, so then who's he going to start with Acosta between – if we're rolling out Tyler Adams, which I, I, I kind of – I'm kind of coming around. I think he's going to go – It's going to be Busio or is it going to be Luca De La Torre or is it going to be Musa? I think he's gonna be all th- I think he's, he's gonna. He's, it's, he plays three midfielders, right? Sure. So it's gonna be. I think Yunus Musa. Yep. Kellen Acosta. Yep. And my guess is he'll go with Luca Della Torre. I agree. Okay, so the forward line. I think we can say Pulisic will start. I would be fucking. Flabbergasted if he didn't. Now, who's going to be in that right wing? Is it going to be Geo or is it going to be Wea? <laughs> I'm not sure, but can I just say I want to give props to Timothy Wea, uh, who in his last club game got red carded and sent off early. And I'm, I am, I believe, I choose to believe he did that to make sure he couldn't get hurt and wouldn't be available for these games. I truly believe he did that. I, I, I would also like to believe that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's a decision, right? Do you go Gio? Do you go Wea? Yeah, I. Or, it, so, it, or like, does Greg go Gio or Wea? 
And so, therefore, we know that Greg's going to go Jordan Morris in this spot, right? Because we're having this debate about Gio Arena. I think he goes way. I, I was I was thinking way too. I think he's going to be like Gio hasn't hasn't played nearly enough to be match fit, even though he went ninety for uh, Dortmund and the game before that came on as a sub and had the game winning assist. So I, 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 it, I we know that when Greg talks about form, he's not actually watching form, or else Brooks would be in the squad. So I think you're right. I think he's going to call him way up. And I, I have I, like that is fine. I'm leaning. G. I, I mean, in my formula formula formation, I have both of them. But if I had to pick one, I'd go Reyna over Wea. But I'm happy. I like I like Timmy. Timmy. Timmy played really well against Mexico at home. Yeah, he's a gamer. And now, who does he start striker? We know it won't be Pifok. It will not be Pifok. I think he's going to start. Uh, he doesn't like I, starting. I, he likes being weird about Ricardo Pepe too. Yep. So I, I think it's going to be Jesus Ferreira. I truly think he's going to pick Jesus Ferreira. So I, I I believe that in my heart of hearts. Why? I believe I believe stronger that it's going to be. Like I think Tyler Adams has a better chance of starting uh, than Freire has a chance of being benched. Well, and Greg's going to be like, "Oh, I just came off a hat trick game, perfect." I know. I know. <sighs> I'm going to save this in the desk drawer so we I, can pull it I, out on Thursday. I would not be shocked at all if our front three was. Some combo of Pulisic, Ferreira, and Jordan Morris. Yeah, I can kind of see J Mo being in there too. Which would uh, not uh, be good because he's gonna want he's gonna want to protect uh, Reyna from getting hurt, and he's gonna want to protect Weya from picking up a yellow card. And I guess Pifok <laughs> from picking up a yellow card. I don't think he cares about protecting Jordan. I don't think he cares. Um. So obviously. <laughs> It is, it's an uphill battle, but you know, it's an opportunity to see what this squad's made up of. This is the most talented team, even with the injuries mm-hmm. we've had. This is yep. the most talented roster we've ever had. It's the most talented pool the U.S. men's national team has ever had. So, unfortunately, it's just being mismanaged by a bald fraud. And for once, I'm not talking about Pep, um, who is real, also real a quick. bald fraud. Real quick, though. This has to be a four-point window, right? Like, like we have to get – obviously, we, it, it, it doesn't matter how – I'm not going to even view it in terms of points. It doesn't matter how many points we get as long as, we're, as, long as we finish first, second, or third. It doesn't matter so, how so, it happens to me. So, and that that's why, to me, I'm saying as, like, a team, they have to set out – this has to be a four-point window because that's the only way that they can guarantee that, that they qualify, right? Like, if if they, they can – obviously, once the first uh, match day goes through – it could be possible that we then only need three points and that can lower our, our, our bar. But going into that first round, we have to get four points in this window. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Do we want to make predictions? Yeah. I'll let you go first. Are we going to, and we'll, we'll just do it this way. I, I don't think there's a chance we finish fifth. No, I just there is. Like, there, I mean, there, there mathematically is. Is, but I, I don't think it's gonna happen. So just, we'll, I was gonna give you my game by game predictions. Oh, you want to go game by game? Okay. Are you game? Let's go by game, game by game. Okay, Mexico. I think it's two nothing. Dos Acero. home team over away team. I think we set up to not lose and to protect key players. 
And I think you, we get the result that you deserve when, that, when you do that. Yeah, I don't really see us tying or winning. So that just only leaves the marginal loss. Um, I like dose of zero with you, so I'll just stick with you and go dose of zero as well. I don't even see us scoring. I don't either. Uh, Panama. Fuck me. I think it's going to be nervy and it's going to be tight, but I think we win 2-1. One zero, home team over away team, off of a uh, dead off of a, a dead ball uh, delivered either by Kellen Acosta or Gio Reyna. No clue gets their head on it though, because <laughs> I would my my, my 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 odds on money would be Weston McKinney or uh, John Brooks, but I can't I can't pick those guys. Lol. Okay, Costa Rica. One one. Oh, getting our first point ever. I think Christian Pulisic has the game that reminds all these Twitter jackasses that there is no structure of this team where we're better with him off of the off the field. The people who think that we're better off without Pulisic to me are the equivalent of the Manu fans who think Manu's better off with Ronaldo, <laughs> who just had a hat trick. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just it doesn't make any sense. Alright. Where one, are you going? One zero Costa Rica win. That's where I was about to go and then the the home room he had to change it. It's gonna be a Brian Ruiz goal for sure. Yeah. Oh fuck. So if we only get three points. Okay, here's what happens. Here's what we need to happen if we only get three points. Yeah, we absolutely have to beat Panama. That is. That's where the three points has to come. Yes, there is no if, ands, or but about that. And we need Canada to tie or beat Costa Rica in the first game on Thursday. That game is the exact same time as our game. We absolutely need Canada to take points off of Costa Rica. Canada need it to officially punch their ticket to the World Cup, so they should be motivated. And also, they want to they end this cycle at number one, and I, I would too. I can't blame them. So I don't think we're going to have to worry about them not not giving it their all. Um, but if so, if that happens, if Costa Rica drop points, then three points for us makes, makes us untouchable for them. And if we beat and Panama... And if, go up if seven we, points if, on them, even if they win their first or exactly. third game, they if can't we, cover it. If we, if we get a win and Panama get a loss, they can't catch us either. Therefore, let's just beat Panama and, and check off both those boxes simultaneously. Yep. Do you know the number of times I've pulled up the, the table and done that math individually over the last two months? I'm sure a harrowing amount. Um, at least 50, and I'm not even joking you know, you know things are bad when math is better than accepting the grim reality. So, okay, so let me let me ask you this. So we we both. So you have the USA getting four points in qualifying. I do, I do. I have the USA getting three points, but also finishing second or third in qualifying. You you think Canada gets it done for us in the first game against Costa Rica? I think yeah, I think they will. Yeah, yeah. I think Canada beats Costa Rica and or ties Costa Rica. 
Is it in Canada? I don't know. Well, Honestly, on. I don't want to know. Well, I'm going to tell you, so buckle up, buddy. Oh, why does it have to be a Costa Rica? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't like that anymore. Maybe I'm At least... Dude, if I'm right, there's a chance that... Oh, fuck. At least we only need it to be a tie. <laughs> oh, fuck. And is it... Is, I, I didn't see him. Did they call up Alfonso? Oh, let me look. I know he just—I know he just returned to training with Canada. with uh, Bayern, so they may not have World released him. Top squad. There is no Alfonso Davies. I can't really blame them for that. <laughs> but you know they still got their gamers. Jonathan David, yeah, and their manager. Yeah, he's way better than our manager. I, yeah. He's the best manager in CONCACAST. Well, it's definitely not the Honduran manager. It's also not Tata, who is. Dude, here's, okay, if, if, dream with me for a second. If we, if we were to win in Azteca, I think Tata would be fired before the final whistle blows. If he wasn't killed before the final whistle blows. That's very true. And I don't say that, I'm not smiling or joking. No, I think if 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 he if he if if we beat them, he needs to leave with the security escort for the United States team. Yep, agreed. And then figure everything else out later. Yeah, I mean, there you have it. But we're not we're not winning in Azteca, not with this manager, who literally can't win in fucking Honduras and Panama. But you know what, Gates? He'll be wearing some really cool sneakers, so there's that to look forward to. Oh, and he's gonna he's gonna add a new mug to his collection. Oh yeah, his city's mugs. That guy's such a dork. Some sweet behind the back passes. Well, folks, there you have it, laid and bare. We'll see you guys soon, and hopefully, we'll be talking about. <laughs> Eric just ate something plastic. I don't know what the fuck he just ate. I just know it was not meant for human consumption. It was a tag of some sort. Um, yeah. A Nike tag, maybe? It was a Nike tag. It was Nike, Nike golf shorts. Well, uh, I, that, I, I that, think... That's that, where I'm at. I didn't, I didn't mean to, to throw you off your game there, Donnie. Um, but that's just where I'm at right now. I'm eating, I'm eating cardboard. Well, I checked our email... We had no, we had nothing but spam from my gambling account. I can't even log into our email anymore. It doesn't. It doesn't. It, re, it rejects me, even though I have the password to unlock it. That's concerning. It thinks it thinks I'm trying to hack it. I think. <laughs> well, if you do want to email us, Gates won't see it, but owngoalpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at owngoalpod. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Fingers crossed. We'll, honestly, we should, we'll, we should, we'll probably pod, I think, next week when we know. Yeah. When it's wrong. Uh, yeah. When, when we know. One way or the other. So. I'll see you in another life, yeah? Yeah. Bye. Bye. To the bottom line. It's in, it's an up goal! It's a gift! Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out, almost hits his heel, and goes straight into the bottom of the corner, bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball, it's the inside of his car. Got no tip to the keeper.